All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Field of Dreamers Points League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Dakota McKinnon here with my friend Jason Fryboth. Jason, say hello. How's it going out there? Today we're going to be discussing the all-important position of shortstop and Jason, holy moly, we got 340 more million reasons to talk about uh, shortstop today, don't we? Yeah, it's uh, it was a big day. Uh, what was that yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. Fernando Tatis Jr. resigns, uh, or I shouldn't say resigns, signs an extension, fourteen years, three hundred and forty million dollars. Uh, unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, and I think it was a pretty, pretty financially smart move. I think both sides. Yeah. I, I, uh, Get your I, money. Very encouraging that I think uh, the Padres recognized they needed to sign this guy and get him locked up while he's young. Um, it also shows a shift, I think, in, in baseball um, that had been a sport which historically had rewarded past performance with big dollars. I think maybe this is the the start, along with the Mookie Betts deal, of a shift of actually paying guys for future performance. Um, gee, that seems to make just too much sense. But anyhow, uh, baseball, always the late adopter, starting to kind of heed that model of let's pay the guys before they blow up instead of paying them after. As they're about to decline, right? Yes. It started a few years ago with like Bregman and... True, uh, yep. Even Evan White got a little bit of that treatment. I mean, yeah, he did. turned it into a gold glove. Here locally for us uh, Mariner <laughs> fans, Evan White, uh, big extension. But Tatis, uh, well-deserving, I think. And the value is just going to go up in the future. Yeah. So smart for the Padres to lock him up now. <laughs> Get the money's worth all in his prime, and then well, and those numbers we we see the the number only goes up, right? Yeah, so absolutely. you know, thirty million dollars today, which like it, you know, as normal people, I fucking hate it. I think it's fucking ridiculous that these athletes are getting paid so much money. <laughs> that being said, it's a hundred percent worth it for the team yes. to pay that for a talent like Fernando Tatis, and uh, you can't fault the players for taking the money. Um, but man, that's, that's a lot of money to play a game. <laughs> yeah. I think it breaks down to like 24.2, but you know, three years from now it would have been worth what? 36. <laughs> yes. So is he the number one guy? I think kind of unanimously will, uh, will vault him to the number one spot. I think so. I mean, you kind of got a Mount, what is it? Rushmore, Mount Rushmore guys. Yeah. You got the four. Four guys, Tatis, Turner, Story, Lindor. But it usually starts with Tatis. I mean, last year he smoked the ball. He did. I mean, exit velocity, hard hit percent and barrel percent, all 100 percentile. Yeah, that, it's I mean, incredible, the statistics that he put up last year. But, you know, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to be the skeptic on all 2020 stats, good and bad. Um, that's... I really have a hard time looking at 2020 with the lens of, oh, you can expect that type of performance going forward. Um, I really think it was just such an oddity that I have a hard time believing that he could sustain that. And that being said, he doesn't really have to sustain it to be worth it, um, to be worth the number one pick even. He is uh, clearly head and shoulders 
um, as a as a talent, the number one guy, the, the upside there, and, and proven performance based on last year, um, the sky's the limit for Fernando Tatis. Um, but for me, I still I'll take Frankie Smiles. Yeah, Frankie Smiles in New York, change of scenery. I got a feeling that you're about to see an MVP type season for Mr. Francisco Indoor in the, the the comfort confines of Queens, New York. Mets still in Queens, right? Yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't follow the Mets, that's but fine. that's fine. That's I got fine. Frankie going number four. He's that was, fourth had, on your Mount Rushmore. I had this that said "if in Cleveland." When I last made these, because, you know, I was away for a bit. But I'm going to touch back on Fernando. Okay. I wasn't into him going into last year because of his high BABIP and his his average was at 317. Well, the 2020 season, if this is his normal, his BABIP was 306, closer to league average, and he was still phenomenal. So, basically, I'm going to say if he doesn't go number one... I'll be shocked. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, to, number one for shortstops. Just to clarify, guys, we yeah. don't expect him to surpass Trout um, in a points league. In a points league, likely not. But I, I mean, he certainly could. You could make the argument. Oh, for sure. Um, but you know, I, I'll, I'll go off on a little bit of a tangent, just in terms of the guys you mentioned as your top four. Um, what do you think of Trevor Story? And no, and no, Nolan Arenado there now. Does this does this elevate his stock? Does it subtract? Probably brings it down. And he's, you would think, if they're moving Arenado, they're not contending. So the only logical thing would be to move Story potentially. And if they move him and he goes to a place like say Cincinnati, I think that's a good swap in regards to hitting Park, but. As long as he's in Coors Field, I'm a believer. Um, and I have him at number two here on my rankings with Turner following and then Lindor. So I've got uh, Frankie Smiles leading off in my shortstop order, followed by Fernando Tatis Jr., Trey Turner, and Trevor Story. So some variance there. I, I'll be honest with you. I've never been a, a Story fan. He's never been on, on any of my fantasy teams. Um and you know this, you're, you're a guy that dives deep into the numbers and, uh, you know, it works for you. You've won our league, uh, what, two years running now? Yeah. I'm a guy that likes to watch the games. I, I really, I enjoy watching um, the at-bats and watching the pitcher matchups. And man, he has just got so much swing and miss. Um, and call me a traditionalist, but for a shortstop, I... Uh, I like a little bit more bat to baseball and, and Trevor story just doesn't give me that. And I really feel like the potential for him to have a, a substantial nosedive is there. Oh, and you've seen it in slumps. For yes. Sure. He's definitely gone on extended slumps. Like he, I very streaky. He came into the league. I don't remember what year was super hot. Yes. And his draft stock the next year was super high. The, I believe the year ended up being okay for him. Right. But it started out really scorching slow hot. The uh, next year. Correct. Yeah. He he is he is definitely a hit or miss kind of guy. He's a guy that uh, can go on streaks, carry a team. 
but can also slump and you get nothing from him. Um, yeah, just not a guy I'm a huge fan of. Kind of moving on to that next tier, ESPN rankings. Let's talk about um, – we talked about the top four kind of unanimously. ESPN has Bo Bichette as the fifth-ranked shortstop heading into this season. Uh, curious to hear your thoughts. We haven't talked about Bo Bichette uh, in any of our, our pre-draft talk. Uh, what do you think of Bo Bichette? Guy that is going to definitely be kind of a polarizing – Player, a guy I could see being overdrafted uh, a ton. I don't see Bichette being on our team in this league. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's hard for me to get on board with Bichette ahead of guys like Bogarts, who's done it. Javi Baez, who's done it. Tim Anderson, he's done it. We've seen it multiple years. Corey Seager, World Series MVP, guy that if he's healthy... He's going to be a top five shortstop. Or, I mean, yes. you almost lock him in. How do you put Bo Bichette ahead of those guys? I honestly have Bo Bichette down there. I, I do as well. I think I got him at, shoot, 13. Yeah, he's in that category for me. I have him ranked slightly uh, higher at 12, but... Um, not a guy I'm a big fan of. Yeah, don't get me wrong. He has the potential to be, you know, right behind those top four. Yeah. You know. I, I more worry about um, long-term, you know, we're talking about a points league, so it's it's only a one-season concern. But if you are if you are in a dynasty league, and, and I know Bo Bichette's going to demand a premium, I worry long-term about uh, the ability for him to play shortstop. I don't really think he's a good defender. 75 games. That's not very No, many. the sample size is pretty small. In the minors, he was never regarded as quite the hitter that he has popped to be in the majors. Um, you know, he's supplanted Guerrero now as the, the leading hitter prospect on that team. And I really don't feel that way about it. I, I still think Guerrero with the pedigree is the better player. I think he's going to be the better player. Well, now that he's transitioned off of third to, f- to first, it's more suited for him. Yeah, I agree. But, I, I mean, I just think that there was so much hype. It, it, he got in, it, in his own head, likely. For sure. But Bichette, um, he – talk about starting hot. Similar to Trevor Story, that was the kind of run he went on in that first initial call-up. And I right. think everybody has just fallen in love with that. But um, – you're the numbers guy, Jay. I'd be curious to know what what the latter half of, of his uh, career has looked like in the majors. I mean, it was basically on, like, the, are you talking 2019 versus 2020? Correct. Yeah, I mean, 29 games versus 46, so not as many. But, I mean, 301 average versus 311. Um Four stolen bases each year, so better stolen base rate. Um, five home runs versus eleven. I mean, so they're they're on Comparable. pace, but you know, funky season, rookie call up. It'd be interesting to see what he does over even a hundred and twenty games. Jay's also team appearing, trying to win now. Sign Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon played shortstop last year. And I'm pretty sure he may be a better defender than Bo Bichette. 
I know that everybody's assuming and they're talking about him playing second base. Um, but, you know, Kevin Biggio's there. I know that they moved him around in the outfield. Uh, but he's a second baseman. Came up as a second baseman. I- I'll be interested to see if Bo Bichette sticks at shortstop. Uh, I know that they were attempting to move him into left field a little bit last year as well. I mean, yeah. worst case, they have a lot of flexibility and they move guys around and, you know, for us fantasy nerds, it adds extra position eligibility. That's so, true. This is true. I mean, looking at it from a fantasy perspective, it could be beneficial. He might, get a, he might get a third base. He might get a second base. Who knows? Maybe an outfield. Who could be you, fun. Uh, okay. All right. I'll give <laughs> you that. That might draw me in, but, you know, might have to trade. Who's... Uh... Who do you have in your second class? So we talked about your Mount Rushmore. We've talked a little bit about uh, Bichette and our distaste for him. But so who who is your second tier of player? So right after Lindor? Yeah, let's let's say uh, your next four guys. Perfect. <laughs> Bogarts, Seager, Anderson, and Baez. I think... Seeger might be a little too steep on the price coming off the uh, the October run. World Series MVP. Yeah, yeah. Historic postseason. A guy who I am looking to buy in on is Javi Baez. I just think people are selling the Cubs short. Um, those what those three hitters right there, Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez. It's a pretty decent little little threesome right there. Um, well, you know, uh, you know, I like Javi yeah. had him, had him last year, uh, good value on him last year. I think the value is going to be even higher this year, unless he's just going off name brand. Correct. But I'll, I'll talk about Javi specifically. He was on my team. So I saw a lot of him last year. I also heard a lot about kind of his season. He did not have a, uh, particularly He was good. a video guy, right? He and was a video guy. Back. So he was yeah. a guy. And if you guys don't know what we're referring to, I believe we referred to it in a previous podcast, but um, the ability to watch video in-game was basically stripped away from these guys in 2020 because of the, the oddity of the season. So many guys, so many of these players. And that's part of why I think the 2020 season, especially for hitters, uh, but really the trickle-down effect is there for pitchers as well. It's hard to put long-term stock in what we saw because it wasn't a real year. It just wasn't. Not Everything from the amount of games to the way that the postseason was constructed, the universal DH, it wasn't a true baseball season in the historic sense. And we're, by the appearance of it, looks like we're heading back towards a traditional year, mm-hmm. more traditional, at least from the amount of games Um and the ability to watch film and have that – the ability to study in-game, I would imagine is critical for these guys. Um, and Baez was very vocal about the fact that it kind of tanked a season. I expect um, him to bounce back in a yeah, big way as well. Same. And I think he's going to have tremendous value um, except now we probably just screwed ourselves because our league listens to this podcast. Damn it. Yeah, who's uh, who's your second tier guy that you're liking? You know, well, you named clearly. I love Bogarts. I think that you you could now have seen it enough to pencil him in if healthy. Thirty home runs, hundred RBIs, RBI machine. Um, and you know what? I kind of I like the remake that's going on in Boston. I support mm-hmm. it. I think it's cool. Uh, I thought it was a very ballsy move to move Benintendi, but I think it's 
it's going to create some new opportunities. And um, I expect Bogarts to be firmly in the middle of that lineup. For sure. Um, in, in a points league, it's there's just so many different routes to, you know, victory. Yes. That you never know which way a draft is going to start. And if it starts pitcher heavy and you're not in on it, you're going to get a lot of value late. And Bogarts tends to – he honestly tends to be one of those guys that falls at a points league that I've noticed. He does. And I feel like there's years he's got a third or fourth round grade and someone's getting him in the early fifth and it's okay. Yeah, sure. it's like he's a name that's been around for a while, I think. I think there's some fatigue there. And um, he's it's like a, not a sexy pick for some reason, you know, when you got like – Because you don't get the 40 homers, yeah. the 120 RBIs. I mean, he's just – it's Tatis, you know, there's like sex appeal Flash. to that. Frankie, Frankie Lindor too, you know, like these guys are um, – and even Bo Bichette, I think that's why he's ranked so freaking high is your – your air flip and the and the upside, you know, like we've seen it with Bogarts. I think we've probably seen the best of Bogarts, but I think the best of Bogarts is still really good. You know, oh yeah, I think um, he, I think he might have one of the safer, probably the safest force, floor yes. out of that group. One hundred percent. You know, I love Corey Seager. I won't go on and on. I'm a Dodgers fan. Um, you know, I'm a Mariners fan first, Dodgers fan second. So love Corey Seager. A guy I really like um, that's in that realm for me, talk about a, a bounce-back candidate for ranking shortstops. I really like Kleiber Torres for 2021. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, I um, – and again, this is, this is a, an opinion that's based mostly off watching him play. I just think he's too damn good of a player. Um to not hit in the top half of that lineup when he's healthy. And this is going to be a really good lineup. You know, uh, Yankees are, are definitely going to have an upper half offensive squad. And I expect him to be um, critical in their success. And I, and I think I have the feeling that the Yankees are, um, you know, I like Yankees made some sneaky moves. You know, Jameson Tyone. They they they've That's, made some ads yeah. that have been really sneaky, kind of under the radar. Really yeah, not the typical flashy big money moves, but they've made some good moves. I think the Yanks are going to be good, and I think Gleyber is going to be like potentially MVP candidate. Really, I do. Where do you think he's going to hit in the lineup? I think he's hitting sec- yeah. second, um, probably playing second. I, I mean, I don't... I, Who would... Wouldn't he play short? Because LeMay, who's... Would he play yeah, oh, second? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then void it first? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll have shuffle. They will. For sure. Um. Man, I'm just not a Gliber guy for some reason. I know you watch the game, so you, like, see it. But I just... I don't know. I feel like... I hear the, what was it, 2019, where he destroyed Baltimore. And then you kind of saw last year, he kind of, like you said, he kind of came back down to earth. He did. He did definitely. Um, but he also was injured. You know, he, he was not healthy. You know, and I think a lot of these young guys, they are finding out for the first time what it's like to play through injury. And yeah. mo- a lot of times it's not handled real well, you know. I mean, he's definitely got the talent and the lineup, the team, you know, the supporting cast to... He's my upside guy, yeah, too. Oh, That's what I'm trying to say. He's got the upside. And he, going into, what, his age 24, 25 season, 
he's ranked. He's just, got the recipe to you know perspective put up monster numbers. Ranked ahead of him according to ESPN is Marcus Simeon. So uh, where do you have him? Ranked George Polanco. He is the tank, tenth ranked shortstop. Okay, that's where I have him on my on my that's list. Where I have him. Okay, so I guess it's for me. I just don't see him making it there. To where I'd have the opportunity to take him because someone else will overvalue him. That's fair. So it's, you know, it's kind of like the same thing with Bogarts. It's where's the draft going? And honestly, I feel like a lot of people will value uh, Torres over Bogarts because it's sexier. Because you see the Yankees in the playoffs the last couple of years. and You're not wrong. You know what I mean? It's the Yankee thing. I feel like their prospects even get that. Well, they're Yankee prospects. They're better. So. You're, you're not wrong about that assessment, and you're probably right in that um, Torres is going to be too pricey. Yeah, yeah. The okay. talent's there for sure. Talk about a guy that I see very similarly, different kind of player, but I, I'm just curious because he's, he's all over draft boards. Alberto Mondesi. Not not a fan. I, I assumed. Also too not much a fan. swing and miss. Yeah. Um, and we're not chasing the stolen base, so the value's deflated there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's only worth, you know. It's a point a in our league. Of, yeah. yeah. Um, and he just, you know, it's singles and stolen bases and hey, hey, hey. lots of strikeouts. A lot of triples, too. Yeah, you know, like eight, nine. Okay. Well, he likes the triple. <laughs> I, w- I mean, uh, ahead cool. of him, I'd rather have David Fletcher, Didi. Simeon, Swanson. David Fletcher? Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. He's not going to strike out, so I'm not going to lose points. Boy, you are a scaredy cat. Take David Fletcher with that low floor. I'm not. No upside with David Fletcher. But I'm not asking them to be my starting shortstop. All right, okay. And David Fletcher, he's going to be able to play short, second, third, outfield. You know what I mean? I'm going to be able to put Fletcher anywhere. There's So there's reasons. There are yeah. reasons other than... If I have... Either Fletcher or Mondesi at my starting shortstop, I'm going to be concerned. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I just – I donated for the year. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I, and I agree. I think shortstop's a pretty critical position, especially because there are um, – you know, there are some guys that are going to hold, especially in the latter half, that multiple position eligibility. And middle infield is always kind of a hard position of depth. So where would you f- draw the line for you? Where you'd feel comfortable having uh, the person be your starting shortstop. Like how deep down my list? I'd stop at 10. 10? Wow. I would think I could go to 14, depending on spring training, 15. You know, the the guys... At 15. Because in front of him, I got Simeon. I could get with that. Swanson, Bichette... Correa, I could find reasons to get with that. Okay, yeah, yes. But, you know, I'd prefer someone higher. Specifically with, like, Correa. But see, I have Didi ranked way down my list because I just think that he's, this is a year where he's going to get hurt. You know, like, I I just don't trust the health aspect for him. And there's certain guys that just feel that way about, you know, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. It's completely baseless and it may not happen. It's just a guy you're it's not just, a fan of. just a guy I'm not yeah. a fan of. And sometimes I feel that way for a particular season. That It happens to be that way this year with Didi. Um, Elvis Andrews would be another guy who's 
he's made the transition over to uh He's in Oakland now. Yeah, right? he's he's heading over I mean, to the yeah, I probably bump him up a little bit in my rankings now. He uh, ESPN I believe he was him before up. he was behind uh Kalefa. Yep. And yeah, I'd probably bump him up on mine a little bit now. Yeah, he's up to, to about that range on ESPN. Um yeah, it wouldn't be that high. But, but you know, then after you get past like DD and uh and Carlos Correa, who ESPN has ranked 18th, stupidly, really seems out of whack. But after that, you know, with the exception of your boy David Fletcher, to me, it starts to get <laughs> my very, boy. starts to get very uncomfortable um, at the position, and and to me, full of question marks. And now I'm talking about the realm of Chris Taylor, Nick Ahmed, Paul DeJong, who Lord I knows I've I've uh, dabbled in the Paul DeJong lottery before. Uh, Willie Adamas. Um, I mean, Miguel I have Ruas ahead of Mondesi. I have Adamas at eighteen behind Fletcher. <laughs> I mean, if Adamas can bump his average a little bit and lower the strikeouts uh, again a little bit, these are all just hypotheticals. You I seen have any no, of his? I'm not going with no, but I'm not. That's the thing. Watch but the they're guy still play. throwing him at like four holes sometimes. I know. Like that guy. I mean, so obviously the mastermind that is Kevin Cash sees something. Yeah. So I'm just waiting for it to pop. And what is he going to hit? Thirty home runs the but next Alex Rodriguez so, in Florida. Like, he so often looks lost at the plate. Like yes, he. That's what I'm saying. He K's a lot. Did yes. he strike out the most last year? Yeah, I believe he did. Yeah. Um. I mean, a guy I like in that realm that you're talking about would be, for me, Andrelton Simmons. You love Andrelton Simmons. Yeah. You've always loved you some Andrelton Simmons. He swings the bat, he puts the ball in play, and he's going to hit 280, and he's going to give me doubles, he's going to give me some triples, he's going to give me some single, lots of singles. So he's, he's made his way... Hit, you know, 10 home runs, and that's that'll play. He's in Minnesota now? Is it Minnesota or is it Toronto? No, it's Minnesota. So is he... So what's he going on Toronto. with Polanco? I believe he's going to go to second, but okay. he's still going to have shortstop eligibility this year, okay. and that's okay. all we're worried about. Okay. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Simmons' floor is pretty low. I think we've seen, you know, he's improved as a hitter over his career. Oh, yeah. He's a guy that was, you look at his early career, and he's struggled with the with the bat, and he's only gotten better. Yes, as he's as he's and aged. he's gonna play. That's because the thing. of the glove. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna play. Yeah, and he, that's the thing. Polanco may need to get bumped down because. If he doesn't hit, they seed some time. Yeah, they got Luis Arias who can play second, and he is an on-base machine. Yeah, yeah. Those hitters, you just want someone to get on, and there's a homer boom. Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, but that's kind of the story. When you get past the top, let's say fifteen mm-hmm. shortstops, it's it's a lot of could be something good, could be nothing. Yeah, you're you're taking a flyer. Yes, I mean a, a guy, know, I middle like, infield guy. Um, I mean, there's maybe a, a utility late in the late in the draft. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know, there's and this is always the story, but there's a lot of guys that I like that no clue if they're even going to make a major league roster. You know, and and in part it's because we didn't see a minor league season last year. Like we really can't predict what clubs are going to be doing. I am uh, really wanting to pay attention to spring training and see what's going on um, once game action starts because we have no idea. You know, these inter-squad games, we, we've only heard about it. You know, we heard that, you know, as Mariners fans, we heard Jared Kalenic was down in Tacoma smashing baseballs. We never saw it, we, you know, and, and smashing baseballs against who, <laughs> you know? 
Um, a lot of questions, you know, a lot of questions. And, and there's teams like Cleveland, for example. Who's playing in their middle infield? Is, is it going to be Jimenez? Is it going to be Rosario? Is it going to be Yu Chang? I mean, they, they, this, there's a lot of questions. Well, if they don't move uh, Rosario, it'll be him for sure. Prove, I mean, he's the vet. Yeah, and I believe they've either said or hinted that Jimenez will start down in AAA. Okay. Um, which I don't, I'm not a fan of. Um, I think he should play. Um, and if he does, I'm not sure who the better fielder is. But they're probably going to play shortstop. Yeah, I'm not sure Jimenez has the strongest arm though. I feel like he's a pretty small guy. I feel like he might be more suited for second. Yeah, he looks like a second baseman to me. I know but he's played second base in the past. He, last year he hit. He did. I mean, I believe he hit like two seven. He doesn't offer much in like pop or anything, but you know, he's you know like an investment guy, like we said. Yep. And I don't think he'd be a terrible dart. Neither would Rosario. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Jimenez better suited clearly for like a dynasty format or something where you can stash for him sure. and, and uh, not really care if he plays immediately. But, um, you know, in his – and I'm reading off of ESPN's rankings. You know, he's in that same category. There's, you know, Miguel Rojas. Uh, he's a Marlin. And then um, you mentioned Willie Adamas. Kim, uh, the new signee in, in San Diego, part of their – you know, billion dollar yeah, infield. Um, no, just off season. Offers <laughs> some, yeah, offers some intrigue. Uh, I would, I would think, but I don't know much about him to be honest. Um, and then we get to uh, page two. I'll call it. Uh, you know, your your bottom half, thirty, bottom thirty or so. Um, and and the list starts with our own J.P. Crawford, who I think I has a lot 29. of. I have him at nineteen. So that might be a little homer. So that, yeah, it's wow. definitely a homer pick, but it's a pick uh, based on, again, the same formula that I've uh, used without any sort of scientific uh, facts or um, stats to back it up. I think that dude can play. I think I think that um, the progression to the gold glove last year is such an encouraging sign for a guy that is a bat-first prospect or was a bat-first prospect. Um, was not regarded for his glove. wasn't Certainly wasn't traded um, in that Gene Segura deal for his glove. He was traded for his bat, and for him to come and win the Gold Glove here. Um, and I think if you do look at the advanced stats on him, um, you'll see reasons to have optimism that that there's going to be an offensive breakout coming soon. So big fan of J.P. Crawford. Total Homer plug. Total Mariners plug. Trader Jerry, let's win some fucking games. <laughs> J.P. Crawford, number 19 on my my top list. Um, in mean, that same vein, you mentioned Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. Not a fan. Not a fan? No. A lot of position eligibility. Yeah. Kind of all over the map. I think he lost catcher this year, though. I don't know. He. I've just seen... He kind of reminds me of David Fletcher, who I was just... Yeah. Talking about, it doesn't do a ton, and he hits for a decent average. But Fletcher's done it for a little bit longer. Well, and, and he's he, he had a better. Glover used to be a catcher, and I don't know for some reason this switching to shortstop middle infield thing is weird to me. I don't trust it yet. <laughs> kind of, yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, you but don't again, start as a catcher typically, move to the middle infield. Right. Not that that matters in fantasy. No, it's just weird to me. What um, about uh, VR? See. 
I heard a lot of, I saw a lot of people on Twitter knocking it that he was going to the Mets saying like, where, where are the at-bats? Well, someone's going to get hurt probably. And super utility guys, they play. I mean, they usually play five days a week. They just go somewhere else. Yeah. You know what I mean? The no DH will hurt, I think. Um, unless that gets sorted out. It is an interesting sign because it feels like they have so Too many much. guys like that, though. Like, with McNeil yeah. and with... Uh, um, What's his name? Davis Smith and Smith. Yes. And I mean, these guys are all playing infield, outfield, yeah. back and forth. It's very odd, the signing. Um, I think I like VR overall as a player. But, yeah, hard to get on board when... when He's kind of one of those guys we were talking about earlier, like Bogarts. Like, the guys that just seem to fall. They kind of just nab late. Always a value And pick. you're like, meh, not really mad about it, but I'm not excited. And then sometimes it pays off. Usually pans out. Yeah. Yeah, usually pans out. I, uh... Another guy in that same vein, or around that same place, uh, Willie Castro, Detroit. I'm I'm thinking that um, the knock on him is again with no minor league season last year, and the abruptness of the of the year is he is a is he good <laughs> is he really good because he was not a top notch prospect although he played like one um, once called up last year played really well he did um, but yeah I mean. Anything can happen with these guys. And that's kind of the story of the latter half of the shortstop class this year is it, it feels like it's riddled with these guys that you're not sure. You could get a breakout. You could get an absolute zero. Yeah, and that's, I mean, why I'm going to try and invest hopefully early-ish, early enough to where I'm not throwing a dart for a starter. Are there any shortstop prospects that you're expecting a call-up this year that you plan on targeting late in drafts, points or otherwise? Caught me off guard with that. Uh, Well, you know, it was just something that popped in my head. I saw a couple Um, of names on my list and thought, you know, that's a good question. I mean, not any that popped in my mind Forecasting. I mean, I don't see if... Who's Boston's second baseman? Kike? Probably Kike to if, start the year. Who, Endeavors is at third. If Kike doesn't perform, maybe Downs comes up and plays second base. Um, I'm not sure how far along he is. Um, what about... That's one of them. What about the number one prospect in baseball? You think there's a chance that he sniffs the majors this year? And I'm talking about... Wander. Wander. That's I have heard possible. I, I have heard. I, I mean, if Adamas struggles, he could get thrown on the bench. That's word on the street, and yeah, and that's definitely and word on the street from that uh, satellite camp. Everything that you read about Wander Franco is he's the truth. I mean, he is. Sounds like it. Ready to go. Could see Jazz being up. Yeah, he could be one. He was up. Yeah, exactly. He got a taste. But but um, but that let's be real, he's not worthy of stashing. No no not yeah. stashing. But he could be a. I don't. I don't think I would stash Wander Franco. So you're not stashing anybody. Probably not. That's fair. I tend to not. That's fair. It's just I mean it's February eighteenth. If come March twentieth, 
you know, Franco's hitting 480 with, you know, six bombs. I, you know, I hear maybe you. I could be convinced then. Yes. Because then they might have to. Yes. You know what I mean? Wait the two weeks or whatever because he needs to work on his fielding and then they bring him up and he is a gold glove shortstop. Yeah. So then I could do it. But right now I'm not looking to stash him. That's fair. Any other names we haven't hit? No, not not that I can think of. Or at least that we can't touch on after spring training gets rolling. Well, you know, it's been a pretty interesting offseason. I know that, um, you know, again, with, with the oddity of last year, a lot there were a lot of question marks around if free agency would, would be a complete dud like it had been the last couple of years. And it's been, I, I think, kind of a pleasant surprise. We've seen a lot of guys end up um, signing and, um, you know, including Simeon and, and some of the other guys mm-hmm. we mentioned earlier. Um, you know, Andrews, some some teams have been willing to make moves. It's going to be, I can't wait for the season to get started, man. Yeah, I can't wait for games to get going. Yeah. Spring training. Are they are they doing spring inner inter squad games or just? You know, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I I are they just I doing like they're definitely same squad. They're definitely doing grapefruit league action at okay. some point. They're gonna do um, actual games, but this is uh, what are we? 18th of uh, February today, so pitchers and, and catchers just reported. Yeah. We'll have more for you in the coming weeks. That concludes our episode of Field of Dreamers. Uh, I hope you had 340 million reasons to enjoy this podcast <laughs> <laughs> tonight. We've enjoyed making it for you, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. <laughs>